السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمد الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ربش رحلی صدری ویسرلی امری وحل العقدانی یفقہ قولی اللہ مہدی قلبی وسد لسانی وسل الصخیمت قلبی امین رب العالمین All right, so today inshallah we will do the last lesson of book number 3 which is going to be lesson number 27 we will do the translation of verses 197 to 203 so open up your books to page number 82 while we're doing the translation if you want to stand up feel free to do that okay and if you want to stay sitting also you can do that so do as you please either sit or stand don't walk and don't talk okay inshallah everybody say a'udhu billah الحج أشهر معلومات فمن فرض فيهن الحج فلا رفث ولا فسوق ولا جدال في الحج وما تفعلوا من خير يعلمه الله وتزودوا فإن خير الزاد التقوى واتقوني يا أولي الألباب ليس عليكم جناح أن تبتغوا فضلا من ربكم فإذا أفضتم من عرفات فاذكروا الله عند المشعر الحرام واذكروه كما هداكم وإن كنتم من قبله لمن الضالين ثم أفيضوا من حيث أفاض الناس واستغفروا الله إن الله غفور رحيم فإذا قضيتم مناسككم فاذكروا الله كذكركم آباءكم أو أشد ذكرى فمن الناس من يقول ربنا آتنا في الدنيا وما له في الآخرة من خلاق ومنهم من يقول ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار 
لهم نصيب مما كسبوا والله سريع الحساب واذكروا الله في أيام معدودات فمن تعجل في يومين فلا إثم عليه ومن تأخر فلا إثم عليه لمن اتقى واتقوا الله واعلموا أنكم إليه تحشرون So in the previous verses, we learned about Hajj, and in these verses also, there's more rulings related to Hajj. Now, earlier we learned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, وَأَتِمُّ الْحَجَّ وَالْعُمْرَةَ لِلَّهِ Complete the Hajj and Umrah for the sake of Allah. Meaning it is Allah's right that you should perform Hajj and Umrah. That you leave your home and you travel to the Kaaba, you go all the way there to show your love, your dedication to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, for example, if someone is important to you, then what do you do? You make time for them. Isn't it so? Sometimes people will travel halfway around the world even. Why? To see somebody that they love. I mean, even though there's FaceTime, still it's a different feeling, right? When you go to a different place, when you meet the person face to face, the journey is worth it. Correct? So as Muslims, yes, we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wherever we are. But then, once in a lifetime, we must leave our home and go to Mecca, the place that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to go to, and perform some rituals over there. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's right. He deserves that from us. And this is why, remember that Hajj is one of the five pillars of Islam. What does it mean? It means that if a person is really a Muslim, right? Really a Muslim, what do they have to do? They have to perform Hajj at least once in their life. And that is of course, if they are able to. And that means that they should have the money to be able to go there, and they should have the physical ability to be able to go there, and then they should be free at home in the sense that they don't have any responsibilities that prevent them from going from Hajj. So Hajj is one of the five pillars of Islam. And if you think about it, Hajj is a very different act of worship. Meaning, Salah, if you think about it, you can perform Salah anywhere. Isn't it? As long as a place that you're praying in is clean, you can pray anywhere. Salah is one of the pillars of Islam. Fasting also is one of the pillars of Islam. Fasting specifically in Ramadan. But we learned earlier that if a person is traveling, they're unwell, they're not able to fast in Ramadan, what can they do? They can make up their fasts later, at another time. Correct? But when it comes to Hajj, when can you do Hajj? Any time of the year? No. Can you do it anywhere? No. The time of Hajj and the place of Hajj, both are fixed. Isn't it? The time of Hajj and the place of Hajj, both are fixed. 
So in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that Al-Hajju Ashhurum Ma'lumat. The Hajj is to be performed in months that are well known. Ashhur is the plural of Shahr. Shahr is month. And of course, we're talking about lunar month. And Ma'lumat is the plural of the word Ma'luma, meaning something that is known. So Ashhurum Ma'lumat, well known months. What are the months of Hajj? They are Shawwal, Dhul Qarda, and Dhul Hijjah. Does it really take months to do Hajj? Does it? No. It's basically a few days, a few days of Dhul Hijjah. But you see these days, when you go for Hajj, you can basically leave two or three days before Hajj begins. You can fly all the way there and then do your Hajj. But back in the day, and for many people till today, going for Hajj is not that easy. They would have to travel for weeks. They would have to sometimes travel for months in order to make it to Mecca in time for Hajj. So the intention of Hajj can be made in which months? These months. Shawwal, Dhul Qada, and then there is Dhul Hijjah. Okay? So Al-Hajju Ashurun Ma'lumat. فَمَنْ فَرَضَ فِيهِنَّ الْحَجِّ So whoever makes hajj obligatory upon himself during these months. Let's say 15th of Dhul Qarda, he decides, okay, I'm going to go for hajj. Or the 15th of Shawwal, the person says, I'm going to go for hajj. So what is he doing? He's making the intention to go for hajj. This is farada. Farada, what do you think the root is of this word? Faradat, very obvious, right? What does fard mean? Fard. Salah is fard. Have you heard that? Alright, what does fard mean? Obligatory, meaning something that is a must on you. You have to do it. Okay? And what is meant by this is that a person makes hajj obligatory on himself in that year. How would he do that? He makes the intention that this year I'm doing hajj. This dhul hijjah, I'm doing hajj. And specifically, specifically, how exactly do you declare your intention for Hajj? How exactly do people do that? Is there a certain uniform that men have to wear at least when they go for Hajj? Ihram, right? So those two sheets of cloth, they are called Ihram, that a person has to wear. Okay? How many of you have been for Umrah or Hajj? Raise your hand. Okay, mashallah, many of you. And I'm sure everybody has heard some story of Hajj or Umrah. Okay. So, you know, even when you're going on the plane, at a certain point they make an announcement. Right? They say something in Arabic, and what happens? Everybody starts, you know, going towards the bathroom, and men all of a sudden change into their ihram, and, you know, people make wudu or something like that. Have you seen that? Yeah? So, that is farada al hajj. A person is making the intention here that I am going for hajj. He is making the intention for hajj. And when you make the intention for hajj, then you enter into the state of ihram. We think ihram is just men are supposed to wear two sheets of cloth and be uncomfortable and cold. But that's not the goal. That's not the purpose. Ihram is more than just the two sheets of cloth that men wear. It is a code of conduct. Alright, ihram is what? A code of conduct. It is a state in which you are constantly 
holding yourself accountable, you're constantly watching yourself. You're not allowed to do anything and everything that you want. So what are the do's and don'ts of ihram? What are some things that you know people are not allowed to do in ihram? What are some things that people are not allowed to do in ihram? Okay? Men, women, both, you're not allowed to cut your nails, go get a haircut, or even wear perfume. Good. That's one thing. What else? Hunting is not allowed in ihram. What else? Good. Arguing. By the way, do you know why men wear two sheets of cloth? Any idea? Because men are not allowed to wear stitched clothing. So this is why they wear just two sheets of cloth. Women wear regular clothes, regular hijab, everything normal. But men are put in some extra difficulty there, you know, some extra discomfort. Because there's, you know, something you learn from discomfort. Alright? So this is why they wear ihram. Now here, what are the rules that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us for ihram? فَلَا رَفَثَ وَلَا فُسُوقَ وَلَا جِدَالَ فِي الْحَجِّ for the entire duration of Hajj, these three things you cannot do. Not at all. You see how it is said? La rafatha, la fusuqa, la jidala. This is similar to saying, la ilaha illallah. What does that mean? No God at all except for Allah. So la rafatha means no rafath at all. You cannot do it. Zero tolerance. لا جدال no jidal at all not allowed لا فسوق no فسوق allowed at all nothing a فسوق is permissible now what exactly are these three things that people are forbidden from during Hajj first of all رفث رفث is from the root letters رفث and we have done this word earlier أحل لكم ليلة الصيام الرفث إلى نسائكم this is basically sexual conduct or um, Intimacy between a husband and wife. Wala fusuq. No fusuq either. What does fusuq mean? Fusuq is from fasin qaf and fasaqa is to cross the limit. It is said, fasaqa tamr. Tamr is a ripe date. When it gets really ripe, what happens is that the flesh bursts out of the skin. So when the date gets really ripe, what happens is that the skin on the outside, it gets dried up. And then you see the flesh, the, the inside sweet part, bursting out. That is fasaqa. When something comes out of its limit. So, la fusuq means no act of disobedience. You cannot commit sin in hajj. Does it mean we're allowed to commit sin at other times? Sin is sin. No matter where you are, no matter what time it is. Sin is sin. But especially in Hajj, no sin at all. You have to guard yourself. You have to be extra careful. Now, what are some examples of fusuq? Give me some examples of sins. Hmm? Stealing, theft, this is a kind of a sin. Yes? Lying, that's a kind of a sin. What else? Yes? Backbiting, that is also a kind of a sin. Eating haram stuff is also kind of a sin, yes? Hurting someone is also a kind of a sin. These are the rules of hajj. But it's unfortunate that when we go for hajj, when people go for hajj, all of their focus is on what? What if I chew my nail accidentally? Am I allowed to brush my hair? Because if I brush my hair, some hair is going to fall out. 
So can I do that? Or people's concern is about their ihram. Can I wear a belt? Can I have this? Can I do that? I mean, okay, these are all legitimate concerns. But what is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us to be mindful of? He's telling us to make sure we don't commit any fusuk. But what happens at hajj typically? Have you ever seen people fighting and arguing? Yeah? Have you ever heard stories of theft at hajj? Hmm? I know somebody who was doing tawaf around the Kaaba. And they had their wallet in their pocket. And they come back from the tawaf and they realize that their wallet is gone. And you know what was in their wallet? The money that they needed for their trip, their bank card, their identity card, and their driver's license from back home. I mean, they needed that stuff. But they lost it all. Somebody stole it while they were doing tawaf. Have you ever been pushed and shoved? She's sharing about how when she went for Umrah with her dad, they went to kiss the black stone and they saw that somebody who managed to reach the black stone and touch it was picked up and thrown back. Hmm? Picked up and thrown back. This is very sad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, لا فسوق. No fusuq at all. I mean, some people, they walk in groups literally causing a stampede. And they don't care if somebody's praying in front of them, sitting in front of them, standing in front of them. They'll just go straight at them, push them. That's not acceptable behavior at Hajj. So, لا رَفَثَ ولا فُسُوقَ No sin at all. So, we've shared stories of what other people do. What are you going to do when you go for Hajj or Umrah? Push people because they're pushing you? Yeah? Are you going to push them because they're pushing you? You're like, hey, nobody cares over here. Say, so you know what? I'm going to take out all my aggression. You know, push people. I'm going to pinch someone and, you know, steal money and whatever because everything goes here. Yeah? Not at all. لا رفت لا فسوق Also remember that at Hajj, there are many times when men and women are together. Sometimes in very close proximity. I mean, literally you could be bumping into one another. But here also, be careful. Be very careful. Just because it is hajj, just because it is tawaf, women, be careful. You know, there's all sorts of people who come there. Don't think, oh, I'm near the Kaaba, who's going to harass me here? You never know. Somebody could harass you right there. And men also be careful. Just because women are close to you, in very close proximity, doesn't mean that you can touch them and hit them and whatever, wherever you can. No. La fusuq. There is... Zero tolerance for any kind of sin. Wala jidal. And no jidal at all. What is jidal? Argumentation. Fighting. Does that happen at Hajj? Do people fight at Hajj? Hmm? They fight at Hajj. You know why? Because everybody's having their unique sabr test. Everybody's being tested in one way or another. I remember when I went for Hajj, we were at Mina and, um, the first day at Mina, uh, we got no food. The second day again, no food. Just snacks. And we're wondering what's going on. I mean, we paid a lot of money, you know, to be in this Hajj group. Where's the food? And people were getting really upset because they were hungry. They were tired. And you know, traveling itself is so exhausting. So some people started arguing and fighting and they were like, we're going to sue this Hajj group and we're going to do this and that. And the reason why 
there was no food is because the guy whose job it was to bring the food was constantly stuck in traffic. He was really not able to bring the food to our tent. I mean, he had his reason. Things were beyond his control. But people were getting furious. Jidal. At another time, we were doing Umrah and one of us was in a wheelchair. And you know Sari between Safa and Marwa? So the guy who was pushing the wheelchair was pushing it really fast. So he wouldn't stop at Safa, he wouldn't stop at Marwa. He would just run, 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 run. So the person on the wheelchair said that, you know, please just stop, just pause for a second or two at Safa so that I can say the adhkar. And just pause at Marwa so that I can say my adhkar. And the guy started yelling. And then somebody else came to defend the individual on the wheelchair. And the guy who was pushing the wheelchair started calling him jahil and whatnot. That was actually my dad. My dad was telling the guy, slow down. And the guy called my dad jahil in front of me. I was so mad. I could have punched that man. I'm like, how dare you say that to my dad? Do you even know who he is? Like, you don't speak to someone in ihram in that way. I was so mad. And my dad is just calm, calm, calm. He's talking to him and I'm like, since when, you know, did you become so calm? I mean, he is very calm. Very calm, mashallah. But I was quite surprised. And then I remembered this ayah. لا رفث ولا فسوق ولا جدال في الحج. You can't fight. You can't argue. No matter how obnoxious somebody is being with you, no matter what they're doing, you cannot do jidal. Why? Why no rafath, no fusuk, no jidal? Why? Because where are you? What is this place? You're near the Kaaba, right? What time of the year it is? It's the best time of the year. So it deserves respect. You have come all the way here to get your sins forgiven. Now don't go on committing sins here. Right? You spent thousands of dollars, left your home and comfort to come here and get your sins forgiven. Now don't engage in rafat and fusuq and jidal and ruin your hajj. وَمَا تَفْعَلُوا مِنْ خَيْرٍ On the other hand, Allah says, whatever good you do, any good you do, يَعْلَمْهُ Allah. Allah knows it. What are the different good deeds a person could do at hajj? Give some water to someone, help someone, make way for someone, letting go and not arguing, not fighting, forgiving people, sharing your food, spending your time in dhikr, in the recitation of Qur'an, any kind of good you do, salah that you pray, nafil that you pray, charity that you give, Anything you do, Allah knows it. Now this is so special. Because what happens sometimes is that you are trying so hard to do something good and people don't even see it. Has it ever happened with you? That you gave up your spot to someone and they didn't even turn around and say thank you? There was a time when you could really give a nasty response to someone to show that really you have the best answers in the world and you can defeat anybody in an argument. You could do that, but you remember it's hajj, no argument. But people don't even realize how patient you were. People don't acknowledge the good you do, but who knows the good you do? Who knows it? يَعْلَمْهُ Allah knows it. So do good for His sake. وَتَزَوَّدُوا And when you go for hajj, تَزَوَّدُوا Take provisions with you. What does this word تَزَوَّدُوا mean? It's from the root letter زَيَّدَال okay, Or زَيْوَوْدَال And زَاد 
Zad is basically the provisions that you take with you on a journey. The stuff that you take with you on a journey. This includes your food, your clothes, money, medicine, whatever it is that you need for that journey. Alright? So Allah says, Tazawadu. Take your Zad with you. Don't go empty handed. Don't just pay for the tickets and think, oh, we'll figure something out. We'll, we'll just sleep anywhere and we'll just eat anything. We'll just, you know, sit there and somebody will give us food. Somebody will give us water. No. Take stuff with you. Now, about this, Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said that the people of Yemen would go for Hajj without taking enough supplies with them. And they would say, we are those who have tawakkul on Allah. And when they would go to Mecca, they would ask people for supplies. They would beg. So, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Tazawadu. Take your stuff with you, what you need with you. But this doesn't mean that you're taking 20 suitcases with you. Your entire focus should not be on the stuff. What is it that you should really prepare for when you go for hajj? فَإِنَّ خَيْرَ الزَّادِ التَّقْوَى The best provision you can take with you on the journey of hajj is what? Taqwa. What is taqwa? Fear of Allah. Consciousness of Allah. That's the best thing you can take with you on hajj. That's the best thing you can have when you go for hajj. You know, for example, if somebody goes to, let's say, the Rockies, all right, and um, they had a really good time, so you also want to go there, you ask them, what should I take with me? They're like, oh, you definitely need a water bottle, for example. Or they say, you definitely need this kind of a jacket, right? Or they say, if you have this kind of a battery pack, you're good. So people tell you different things that you need on a journey to make the most of that journey. So what's the best thing you could take for hajj? What's the best thing you could take for hajj? Lots of clothes, so no laundry needed? Granola bars? Cereal? Because you can't get your Canadian cereal there? What is the best thing a person could take for hajj? It is taqwa. Because hajj is not a vacation. Okay? It's not a vacation. It's not fancy beds and fancy rooms and fancy food and fancy roads and beautiful drives. No, that's not what hajj is about. Hajj is about sleeping less, eating less, long drives, long waits in traffic. So what do you need at hajj? What do you really need? You need taqwa. So that no matter what happens at hajj, you are able to control your tongue. You are able to focus on ibadah, the reason why you came all the way. Otherwise you could go for hajj and waste your time there and come back with nothing. So the best provision for hajj is taqwa. Allah says, وَاتَّقُونِ and fear me, ya ulil albab, O people of intellect. If you really have intellect, then you will fear Allah. 